Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. And welcome to a Notre Dame football game day on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. We begin with the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra, urging you to stay active and enjoy Michelob Ultra, proudly distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Matt Embry is producing. I'm Darren Pritchett, live on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and the WSBT Radio app. Coming up next will be the Brian Kelly Radio Show as we kick off our Notre Dame-South Florida game day here in your home of the Fighting Irish. Coming up over the next hour, I'll be joined by Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club, and John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. This is the final golf show of 2020, and we are live because the United States Open Golf Championship is underway at Wingfoot in New York, and the golf course won the battle yesterday as the conditions toughen. The greens are getting browner and firmer. The winds really haven't picked up as of yet, but the scores really came down from round number one, in which Justin Thomas led the way after round one with a 500 par 65. He shot three over 73 yesterday, currently in a tie for third place. The new leader is Patrick Reed, known as Captain America, has a major championship under his belt, 66 in round one, including a hole-in-one on the par 3 seventh. Came back with an even par 70 yesterday. He's at four under par, 136. One shot ahead of long-hitting Bryson DeChambeau, who has gone 69-68 so far. Rafael Cabrera-Bello is two shots back, along with Harry English and JT, those three players at minus two. Thomas Peters, who is from Belgium, played his golf at the University of Illinois. He is at even par, along with Xander Shoffley, long-hitting Matthew Wolf, Brendan Todd, and Hideke Matsuyama. Good list of golfers that did not make the cut. Tiger Woods shot 10 over. Phil Mickelson, 13 over. Defending champion Gary Woodland has been cut, along with Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, and Sergio Garcia. Third round play today, fourth round tomorrow for Tiger Woods. He's got two months to get ready for the Masters as he looks to defend his championship at Augusta National. So the U.S. Open, it's going to be a long two days. This is one of the more difficult golf courses, smaller fairways, thick, rough, fast greens. It is going to be a challenge. Don't be surprised. It's even par as a great score come Sunday. You'll hear from Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn, coming up in just a moment as the golf show continues. Presented by Michelob Ultra on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Darren Pritchett back with you on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT, your home of the Fighting Irish. Also home of the golf show, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, joins me here on WSBT Radio. Tim, good to catch up with you. It's been too long. How are you? Good. I miss you, brother. It's been uh, several weeks here since we've chatted. 
It has. I've actually played a round of golf since then, so I know that's going to shock wow. you. Played extremely well, so I'm a little Good. giddy at this particular time. Just talking to you and Foster brings out the best of me. It's amazing. That's all I need is a little pep talk, and I'm ready to go. I know, and it's U.S. <laughs> Open week here in September. That's a little different, isn't it? Boy, it is very, very strange, to say the least. And, of course, for you, you just had your golf tournament, the Four Winds Invitational, the Symmetra Tour event. Couple of months delayed, but you got it in. And Kim Kaufman carded a three under par 69 in the final round to win the ninth annual Four Winds Invitational by one shot. Sounds like the wind picked up a little bit on the weekend. Yeah, I think this was by far the best individual golf we've seen um, in the nine years we've had this tournament. I mean, it was not easy scoring conditions. The greens were super fast and firm, and um, she's a great player. She has um, some LPGA status, has been on the LPGA, um, really good player, and um, she definitely rose to the top and played some great golf. Tim, what was it like in a COVID world hosting that professional golf tournament? You know, knock on wood, it really went very smoothly, um, all things considered. Um, very fortunate that our partners, Four Winds and the, and the Pokagon Band, stepped up um, and still were able to sponsor the tournament and let us have it. And uh, we had just tremendous support from the community from a sponsorship standpoint to be able to pull it off. Um, I think when we first talked early in the year, um, you know, I shared on the golf show, I was just concerned about how companies would respond given the economic climate. And we are very fortunate. We're still going to make a nice uh, big donation uh, to the Children's Hospital again this year. And uh, all in all, I would say a terrific tournament. So had I told you in March that you would have held the tournament, things would have went very, very smoothly. I guess you would have taken that and run because there was a time, Tim, it didn't feel like we were going to have any type of sports for a very long time. No, I think if if I was being honest, um, you know, when we looked at our projections for the year and how the year would play out, I was not counting on the event happening. So uh, very fortunate. But I'll tell you, you know, um, everybody, uh, whether sponsors and the LPGA, so glad that we did it. And um, so fortunate to have professional golf here again in South Bend. You know, we had 132 players from, I think it was 30 countries coming to South Bend and pulled it off. No positive uh, tests for COVID. And um, everything ran just super smoothly. It's kind of interesting. I know the golf course plays different, I'm sure, from year to year. There's always a little something different with the weather, but Kaufman shot 11 under par, and I look back, Brooke Henderson, who is now a star on the LPGA Tour, the year she won, minus 10 was the winning score, but it's interesting through the years, Tim, the winning score is usually right around 9, 10, 11 under par. That doesn't seem to change a whole lot. No, I think there was maybe one year we had some cold rain when yep. the scores were a little bit low or higher, but... Uh, all in all, you know, three rounds and being right around three under each round usually gets it done. Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, joining us on WSBT Radio. So there is still plenty of golf season left here in northern Indiana. We're having some really nice weather uh, recently, so that's good for you out at Blackthorn Golf Club. Even though there's some golf left, how would you sum up the success of the golf season at Blackthorn, again, considering you're operating in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? Well, it was um, a blessing uh, for us to be in the golf business this year. I think 
especially in the state of Indiana, where earlier in the year Michigan and Illinois both had their courses closed. So we had an incredible spring. And then, you know, overall, golf in general, um, from everybody I'm talking to, is there's been a resurgence. I think there's people that are... A, they're never played before getting into the game, or people that maybe stopped playing that got back into the game. And it's just been overall a great getaway for people, I think, to get outside, get their minds off of things, and, and play golf. And I think, uh, you know, we, uh, we haven't said that for a long time about the game of golf having a resurgence. So all in all, uh, we could not be happier with the way the season's played out. Do you have an estimation at how much rounds are up at Blackthorn this year? I would say... Um, rounds are probably going to be up a couple thousand rounds, and we're up, wow. you know, probably fifteen to twenty percent uh, in revenue. Um, you know, we've given up revenue on some fronts. You know, specifically golf shop by having the clubhouse closed. Um, food and beverage revenue is down by having you know limited mm-hmm. uh, menus, but greenfee revenue is off the charts, and people are out playing and having a good time. And um, like I said, hopefully um, we can retain some of these folks that haven't played before or getting back into the game here recently and um, they, they can understand how enjoyable the game is. I mean, look at you. You finally played a round of golf or two this summer. It's been <laughs> yeah. years since you've done that. So, No doubt about it. It's nice to play my own ball once in a while. It's one thing to play in outings, but it's also nice to play your own ball, and it's been nice to do that as of late. So, Tim, as you think back to when you were waiting to see if golf courses were going to be open in Indiana, you got the word, you opened your facility, you had a plan in place to protect the golfers who were coming out to play golf. I'm wondering how much did you have to tweak your initial plan for safety reasons out at Blackthorn Golf Club, or did the initial plan pretty much hold up throughout the entire year? Yeah, I think our initial plan pretty much held up. We took kind of best practices from what um, we had heard other courses were doing, whether that was you know not removing the flag sticks and not cutting the cups all the way in, to sanitizing the carts after every round with you know bleach water, and um, now we've got um, some new products that have been introduced that we can kind of spray the carts down without having to have the kids use bleach water. Hmm. Um, but all in all, I think that our plan was uh, very effective. I think our customers felt comfortable. Um, I think that uh, uh, you know we didn't have any employees or anybody here test positive. So um, you know, all in all, I, I feel good about our plan. Do you foresee when we get back to normal some of these things you've installed just staying in place? I do. I think we've learned um, a couple different things that uh, we can operate more efficiently on, um, the way we handle our outside um, uh, process of uh, checking in online and then just checking in with the starter rather than having to come in the clubhouse. Um, you know, saves money on labor of having someone having to watch the phone and ring people in. And, um, you know, I think uh, with the food and beverage um, situation, uh, as most golf courses would tell you, especially the private clubs, the food and beverage sometimes is uh, um, um, kind of an amenity, not necessarily a money maker. Um, but for us, the way we tweaked our menu and, and what we've done, we've made it, uh, we had our most profitable year we've ever had on the food and beverage side. So um, I think some of those will, will carry over, and then we just have to balance on, you know, what's important to golfers in 2021 as we start bringing back some of these amenities um, and opening up the clubhouse and different things like that. 
You know what's interesting, Tim? You can put all of the safety precautions in place, but it's still up to each individual person to do their part and and take care of the social distancing. I played in Mike Bray's Coaches versus Cancer event again this year at Blackthorn a few weeks ago, and you know what? Everybody was very respectful, and it went very, very smoothly. I'm not sure how much you were involved this year in that particular event, but I thought it went off extremely well, and it just works. I mean, with the social distancing in place, golf is something you can do pretty easily. Yeah, I would say that, um, and again, Coach Bray was just um, super excited that we talked him in to continue doing the event. You know, everybody just kind of needed it, I think. And, um, again, with wearing masks and social distancing and spreading people out and being outdoors, um, you know, we feel like we provided a really safe environment for everybody, and uh, um, everybody had a great time. It was another terrific event. I think we raised over $160,000. Wow. Um, so, you know, just a phenomenal um, uh, turnout and support, again, uh, from the community. So um, awesome stuff, and happy for Coach Bray, and happy for the Cancer Society. We were able to put that event on again this year. Unfortunately, cancer isn't slowing down in the pandemic, so we That's have to right. continue to do what we can to help that cause. Tim, I also want to ask you about something that's developing out at Blackthorn, and that is the reserve at Blackthorn. When I was out playing in that event, there was a lot of dirt being moved around. So offer a little insight. What is the reserve at Blackthorn? Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we're excited about this. It's um, been a couple of years here in the making. I never um, thought in my career as a golf pro I'd be talking uh, about bulldozers and sewers and water lines and everything else. But uh, it's definitely been a learning experience, but we've had tremendous uh, response so far. We are uh, building a 36 um uh, villa community right on the old Blarney Hole. Um, it is going to be a terrific um, location, completely maintenance-free, where our groundskeeper, John Quickstad, and his team will maintain all the yards and irrigation and snow removal. And then um, each lot comes with two memberships for golfers. They can have their own individual carts. Um, so it's really, you know, going to be a terrific location. And, Darren, you know, from being out here, it's just a beautiful property. Property, yeah. a lot of wildlife, and um, being that close to the golf course and the driving range for those golf enthusiasts who, um, you know, kind of want it right in their backyard, this is a perfect location for them. So there's a lighted chipping and putting green that's coming? Yeah, so the old Blarney green we retained, um, and we had to run some different irrigation lines to make it work. But uh, the old Blarney green will have, you know, four or five holes cut in it. It'll be a putting green area, and it'll have lights on it for the homeowners to use exclusively so they can uh, putt throughout the day and even uh, at twilight as uh, the sun's going down as well. Well, Ty Webb may want to be a part of this because he was known for putting at night. That's right. Caddyshack, you know. So Yeah, and then the other guy's caddying this week. Did you see that story? No. Yeah, Danny from Caddyshack is uh, a golf professional, and he's actually on the bag this week at Wingfoot uh, for one of the pros playing in the tournament. <laughs> that is perfect. I mean, yeah. what, if there was ever a year for New Yorkers at the U.S. Open not to be there, can you imagine the commentary that would take place as as Danny Noonan comes down the fairway caddying in there the U.S. Is. Open? Oh, oh that would it's be probably a good just... thing there's not a gallery. Otherwise, you know, I don't know that they'd be able to contain themselves. Yes, they'd be asking a lot about Lacey Underall, I think, probably throughout the uh, – 
the walk down the fairway. But just to go back to the reserve at Blackthorn, Tim, if people want to learn more about this opportunity, what should they do? So the reserve at blackthorn.com is the website. It's got all the lot prices, the uh, home layouts and designs and elevations and um, all the information is right there on the website, but certainly feel free to call here, 232-4653. Um, we've already got um, about 14 of the lots um, deposits are sold, so we're going to start construction here on the first four of them within the, ne- within the month, um, so a lot more activity uh, will be uh, happening, but um, definitely would encourage anybody that has interest to, to uh call or go to the website because they're going to go pretty quickly. Mm, That is very, very cool. And Tim, for people still wanting to get on the golf course, still the best way to get your tee time is to go online? Yeah, blackthorngolf.com. You can book your tee times right there. You can also pay online in our online store. Um, and then, uh, or 232-4653-232-GOLF, uh, uh, call up for your tee times. And uh, as you know, we've talked about many times, this is my favorite time to play. I think it's the best time of year to play golf is fall golf, and course is in great shape. Mm-hmm. The next 10 days look perfect. No uh, precipitation in the forecast, and come on out and, and uh, see us. Sounds like we should have a Pritchett Foster Firestone round before the end of the year. I know. It's been months since I've played, but I think I'd still like my chances against you, too. <laughs> You're very wise. You're very, very wise. Tim, great to catch up with you. And, again, the Reserve at Blackthorn is a great, great venture. The Reserve at Blackthorn.com for more information. And look forward to maybe catching up with you on the golf course very, very soon. But always great to talk to you, and best wishes to you and the fam. Thanks, brother. Have a great night. You too. That is Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, joining us on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Well, like everything else, it has been an unusual golf season across the country, including right here in northern Indiana. We've had some interesting conversations on the golf show this year. We're going to keep that conversation live right now. Welcome, John Foster. My co-host on the golf show, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and of course, ran the extremely successful U.S. Senior Open in 2019, and thank goodness the U.S. Senior Open was at Notre Dame in 2019, because the 2020 version never took place up in Rhode Island. Now they have to kind of go to the back of the line for their next chance to host that particular tournament. John, good to catch up with you. How are you? I'm great, Darren. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, obviously, you, you, have you been playing your golf elsewhere? If you've been playing golf at all, you know I played one round. It was back home in Central Illinois with some buddies. And since you are my teacher, <laughs> I'll be very happy to report I shot 80. And no, it wasn't a par 65. It was a par <laughs> 72. So I hit the ball extremely well. So as always, I owe it all to you. So, folks, if you need a lesson, there is. There's the person you need to go to because you have helped me through some very frustrating times, to say the least, and I've gotten rid of all the weird putting grips that I've had over the last couple of years. Thank God for that. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm seriously, when I, we played um, rather short and round here, I think it was in June, uh, right after we got open, and hey, you played well then. I mean, for no more than you play, man. You should be yeah. proud of it. 
I'm not sure which is more important, shooting 80 and being very happy or winning 15 bucks from your high school golf team buddies for, oh, that's, for a little that's match. Oh, that's much more important. Is yeah, <laughs> much more okay. important. <laughs> I should probably donate that $15 to you as part of the payment. That, yeah, you probably should, but we know that's not happening. So. <laughs> well, I learned that from you in Firestone. So, you know, free is good. Free is good, that's you for bet, sure. Pal. Well, it's, it's fun to catch up with you and, of course, the – 2019 U.S. Senior Open. There is a little storyline with the 2020 U.S. Open. Your champion, Steve Stricker, got into the U.S. Open at Wingfoot this week because of his victory at Warren Golf Club last year. So that's fun to see. I know he was three or four of a par when I was watching him on Thursday. But, again, I know we've mentioned this before, but it's worth saying again. I don't know if you could have handpicked a better champion to represent your golf course for many, many years to come. Yeah, I mean, we were obviously very pleased with it. Yeah, he finished four over uh, today. Uh, it's probably a lot of golf course for Steve, just in terms. I mean, he hits it straight as we witnessed here, but I mean, it is so long, and um, it, he's a, he's a great putter as well. But sometimes I think you know you just have to overpower golf courses. I don't believe he's he's there. However, uh, he overpowered our, our golf course. Uh, I've got a little bit of a flashback today. All these old scores out there. I, and they're attributing it to the uh, soft greens, uh, which, believe me, aren't going to remain that way. You and I know the USGA better than this. They're just kind of teasing everybody and letting them have a good day at the, at the golf course today. That's all going to change. But the scores are extremely low. I think 17 people at this point are under par, and there's still a lot of people out on the, on the golf course. So um, it's been fun to watch. Um, but I think the uh, carnage is going to happen over the weekend. Well, you know from our time together on the golf show, the last four or five years, I've been a little grumpy toward the USGA because the U.S. Open is my favorite golf tournament to watch because par is protected, and I want to see the best in the world really have to bring out their best just to shoot par. Just one week a year, that's all I ask. And we saw the USGA go to some quirky, non-traditional golf courses and we saw the, the setup change and the scoring got a little too low for my liking. I'm with you. I think Thursday at the U.S. Open was a little bit of an anomaly. I think the scores are going to, over the weekend, be more what we're used to seeing at Wingfoot because it was a 74 scoring average in 06 the last time the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open was at Wingfoot. But one of the explanations I heard, beside the fact that the greens are a little susceptible right now there's not Mm -hmm. been a lot of sunshine and the dew never got off the greens earlier today so they were just firing at the pins but also there was the explanation that with the u.s open moving from june to september you lose Mm -hmm. two and a half hours of daylight and so in order to make sure everybody gets around the golf course they shorten the field to 144 and plus they were explaining on nbc that the USGA possibly made the golf course set up a little easier just to ensure pace of play was okay. Are you buying that? No, I am buying it because uh, that is important to them. And the other thing, uh, with, with the September date, you're absolutely right there, but the whole locations are about as easy as you're ever going to see on an open setup. I mean, there's nothing that's three-stepped in or any of that stuff. As a matter of fact, you know, as undulating as those greens are, um, you see some of the whole locations in troughs and things like that. So I think that's legit. Once they make the cut, you know, that's when it might get interesting. But I heard they put 
30 seconds of uh, water on yeah. <laughs> on the greens this morning. Um, and they're very, I mean, they're not browned out or anything, you know, that, that you see sometimes. But um, I don't know what the forecast is. I think it's for dry. Um, but, but they're going to get really crusty, and the whole locations are going to get a lot more challenging for them. And I just know this, that the you know, Linkfoot has hosted, I think, five yeah. U.S. Opens, I believe. And it's the only open venue to have a winner that never broke par in any round. And that's, there's only been two of those ever, and they were both at Wingfoot. So um, is it, I, I don't know if you're aware, but my superintendent, Matt Seelan, worked at Wingfoot. No. And uh, he was explaining about the rough. The last time it was out there, he happened to be working that one. And uh, you've seen it. I mean, my goodness, it's just it's absolutely brutal. But if you have the holes in the middle of the greens and you have the greens being susceptible, that kind of negates some of the penalty that you'll get by hitting it in the rough. But that's, as I say, that's all going to go away come the weekend. Well, the great thing is, John, the greens run as smooth as you could possibly have them. So if you get it on the surface, you're going to get a great roll. That's for sure. And I'll say this. This feels like a U.S. Open. It's been yeah. a long time where I felt like this is a U.S. Open. We had it last year, I think, as well. But just turning on the yeah. TV and just looking at the golf course, <laughs> it looks like a U.S. Open setup. So maybe we're going back to more traditional setups for the U.S. Open, possibly what they tried for a few years. That's now going to kind of go yeah. away, do you think? I, I think it will. I mean, I, I know they're not going to go back to Chambers Bay. I'm pretty sure of that. Yes. Aaron Hills is iffy. Uh, and I don't know if you saw last week the USGA announced their secondary headquarters is going to be in Pinehurst. And as a result of that, they're going to have the Open there at least every ninth or tenth year. Um, and it, so I think they've recognized that the there's nothing wrong with the Open going back to the same courses over no. and over and occasionally inserting somebody else into that rotation. You know, I know that um, uh, Oak Hills is, is trying to get an open back. They've done major renovations to try to attract it. I know personally about Southern Hills, uh, the one family and some of the people at Southern Hills who during our event, you know, met with the USGA quite intently over taking another look at Southern Hills uh, for U.S. Open, which they've, they've had before. So there will be an occasional newcomer in there or maybe an old, you know, old school course we haven't seen for a while. But I'm like you, Darren. I mean, I, I, I don't mind them trying that. But, you know, I think the other thing about last year, though, you look at Pebble, which is um, a classic U.S. Open venue. But mm-hmm. because of the marine layer all week and the softness, I think, what was the winning score, like 1,400 or something yeah. that uh, uh, Gary Woodland shot? So it, there, there are two things there. You can have a traditional course that you recognize as a U.S. Open course. And you can do what you can, uh, but the conditions being what they were, uh, you can't protect par in those situations. So um, I think we'll see that differently here this week. But if it gets soft and remains soft, I don't believe you're going to see your what you wanted in terms of something over par. John Foster, General Manager, Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, my guest. I hope you don't mind me asking this because this is kind of putting you on the spot type question, but I, you can handle you can handle anything. Yeah, sure. Do you do you think that Warren Golf Course would ever like the opportunity to host a professional golf tournament again? Oh, I know we I know we would like that. Um, I think the USGA would like to host to have another event here, uh, Darren. It's the one thing that would. Dis- disqualifies the wrong word, but would make it almost impossible to host a traditional uh, professional golf 
poor event here is the need for corporate sponsors. You know, those are underwritten by corporate sponsors, and Notre Dame would not allow, let's say, FedEx to come here and slap their signs everywhere the same way we are at the okay. stadium. And given the current situation, Notre Dame wouldn't allow that. So the only the one reason I went for a USDA championship is, you know, there's no corporate sponsors. At least the USDA has corporate partners, but there are no sponsors that are required to run, uh, to sponsor the event, put up the money, so on and so forth. So we we would love to have another USDA event. We'll see what happens there. But unless the university would change its uh, its approach to corporate relationships, I mean, I guess unless Under Armour wanted to sponsor a tour event or one of our, our current partners, I just don't see it happening here. It's unfortunate. We'd love to do something additional, uh, additionally to a USDA event, but uh, at this point I don't see it happen. But. Well, there's hope, John, because football's in the conference right now, so if that happened, I would say anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never say never, but if this, that's, if this year has taught me yeah. anything, it's not to say no sure. to anything. Yeah, it could happen. So, John, how would you sum up the season at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, considering you guys had a later start opening up the golf course. Once you open it up, would you call it a successful season? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. They were just mentioning Mike Davis was on here doing a little promo and addressing the COVID situation, and he cited the statistic that in August, in the United States, there were 10 million more golf rounds played than last August. Really? I, get, I kind of feel like they were all played here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good then. Well, it's good. No, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, we've set uh, rounds and revenue records um, for June, July, August, the, the three months we were open. I mean, it's been incredible. We haven't had our golf shop open yet. So, from a total revenue standpoint, we haven't killed it just because our merchandise is such a substantial part of our business here. But from strictly a golf standpoint, uh, it's been incredible, Darren. And the, the other thing is our driving range, which I doubled the size of going into the senior open, looks like a war zone. We have had more wow. range business. We've had more than double the range business we've ever had before, and it's strictly COVID-related. You know, people want to get outside. They want to do something safe. Uh, maybe they don't have time. To, you know, play a whole round of golf. And, and frankly, between Blackthorn and us, there aren't a lot of other options when it comes to driving ranges. So um, that's just an indication is what's happened, whether it's sustainable or not. I, I don't know. I think the baseline for golf in the United States, the amount of rounds, the amount of participants, new players, I think that's been raised. I don't think it's going to sustain at the current rate. But I think when we come out of this thing, we're going to see a baseline of more play, um, in the U.S. than we had before, which is good for all of us. With all the challenges that you and other businesses have on a daily basis, trying to keep things as safe as possible as your business is open during a pandemic, what would you say are the major reasons why that Warren had a successful year in dealing with all the extra issues you have to deal with trying to make mm -hmm. sure that everybody is safe coming out to your facility? I think the main thing, as frustrating as it was to me, and you know this because we, we spoke about it on, on the golf show a number of times, I was frustrated that we were, frankly, the last golf course in Indiana to open mm -hmm. this year uh, since the virus hit. But by waiting, we were able to learn from the, the mistakes and, and what people did right throughout the state because there was um, 
Indiana Golf Association did a great job of communicating with all the courses in the state saying what what's being done here, what's being done there. So I think we learned a lot from that, Darren. You couple that with the fastidious uh, research that Notre Dame did on how one protects oneself from the virus and what we could do as a golf course to limit that as well. I think that combination, and, you know, frankly, common sense, uh, just applying common sense and having our players apply common sense. So, I, and, you know, the, um, um, it, I'm trying to, normally if you, let's say in golf, you tell people, you know, keep the carts on the path. Um, and you turn around the first hole, they're all in the middle of the fairway. People were so happy to be able to go out, play golf, have something to do, I guess compliance is the word I'm looking for. They All of our players have been compliant to the things we've asked them to do, which has made things so much easier. Our pace of play is we're averaging less than four hours a round for golf uh, because of the interval spacing. We're 12 minutes versus 10 minutes. Um, there's a, the flagstick not being removed, and you know my feeling about that. That's yeah. you know There have been studies that prove that that's about um, 15 to 18 minutes a round or saved by not pulling the, the stick out. All of these things, I think, have helped golf for people who are coming back. Maybe enjoy it more because I always felt that the time required to play around the golf is one of the things that was working against the game growing. So yeah. there's a lot of good stuff coming out of this that I think we're going to continue to employ once we get out of this situation. But uh, we've had no resistance to anybody coming here to play golf to awesome. any of the methods we we put into place to protect them. Have you earned the right to put a Ph.D. on the wall in cart washing as of yet? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not going to complain about that. I, I think I've done my fair share of that. Just, just tell me, I, I know this overall operation a lot better than I did before, and I dare some cart kid to try to BS me as we go into the future um, about their job, because I know it inside inside. <laughs> So, so take that heart, potential cart attendance. You know, you're in trouble if you come here and try to uh, pull the wool over my eyes. So, oh, I love it. Yeah. Con- considering the the season we've had weather-wise, it feels like we haven't had a whole lot of rain throughout the summer. What type of yeah. shape has the or is the golf course in at this particular time? Well, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. Um, some of the non-playable areas have suffered as a result of us being extremely short-staffed this summer. But mm-hmm. but Matt and his staff has done a remarkable job of of, of keeping these playing surfaces as good as they've ever been, good. as good as they were last year going into the Open. And part of that, as you said, Darren, is there hasn't been a lot of uh, moisture this year and not a lot of precipitation. This place was so healthy uh, by the work we've done the last four or five years leading up to the Open that... It's uh, there's not a dry spot on the golf course as far as a brown spot. It's incredible how what a job they've done with about forty percent of the normal crew size, and we've had no complaints from players about the conditioning. We had nothing but but praise. So I, I'm just amazed that they're able to you know maintain the condition that they have given the challenge they've had as far as staffing goes this year. Finally, John, just with Notre Dame. Football taking on South Florida Saturday. Normally you'd have a lot of people from out of town playing golf. Of course, no fans at Notre Dame Stadium outside of parents and faculty. 
and students. So the yep. T-sheet on Saturday and Sunday looks, I would assume, a little different. So people want to play that there's more of an opportunity this year? Uh, it's busier than it has been under normal. Really? <laughs> it's oh, crazy, gosh. Darren. I, I made this prediction based upon what I'd seen all summer long. But, you know, over the years, the, the local players and regional players have come conditioned, become conditioned not to go to the Warren on a football weekend. That starts on Thursday. You just aren't going to be able to get on the golf course. Well, they read the paper, too. They know there's not going to be anybody here. We did not have an open tee time from last Thursday morning till Sunday evening. I, I've never th- seen anything like it. And it's the same this weekend. So it's really ironic, but um, our business is actually you know, healthier now than it was during some of the football weekends before. There's so many positive with your facility, but having the U.S. Senior Open there, that might have a small Yeah, level. I think that's – yeah. Well, think? let me tell you one of the advantages of working out in the parking lot all summer is you get to talk to everybody. I've <laughs> talked to every single person that's played golf here this year, and literally 70 75% of the people that, are, that came here to play this year were first-timers, and no it's kidding. because they saw it on TV. So – it's it's so unfortunate we didn't have a quote normal year to see what the true impact of that would have been throughout a whole season. But uh, we've really been pleased with the response, and I, there's no reason to think that's going to go away in the near future. Final question for you: Christmas is right around the corner. Oftentimes. People will buy golf gifts for Christmas for a loved one. A <laughs> little different this year. I know I talked to Tim about this as well with the clubhouse closed. You just can't walk up to Warren's clubhouse and make a purchase. So what is your suggestion for people with ideas? Maybe they want to go buy a driver or buy clubs or just some Warren merchandise. Do you have a suggestion? Well, a couple of things, Darren. We we have an online store, which is on our website, warrengolfcourse.com. You can order stuff on the online store. I'm really hopeful that uh, our shop will be open within seven to ten days. Uh, oh, okay. It looks like we've been approved from a safety standpoint from the university. Um, it's a matter of finding the right staff and getting them trained to, to man the shop. Uh, so I think that will be a moot point come, let's say, October. They're going to have plenty of opportunity to come in. But in the meantime, as far as club fitting, buying clubs, we can still do that. You know, you don't need to come in the shop for that. We do all that work outside anyway. So there's a number of ways. Give us a call if there's a specific item. I mean, I've been personal shopper this summer, too. Somebody in the parking lot says, I'd like a, a extra-large white Warren golf course shirt. I'm like, hang on. Let me go get it for you. So we'll find a way. If there's something you want from us, we'll make sure you get a way to buy it. So. Excuse me, John. There's a spot on this cart. Could you fix that? I need a, a box of tees. And, oh, yeah, I'd like some new Titleist irons. Could you do that for me? Oh, and I we also need a milkshake. It it's a one-stop shop. <laughs> I love it. Well, the personal experience you get at Warren is second to none. And always good to catch up with you. I've been telling Tim we need to go out and play maybe one more time before the end of the golf season so maybe we can make that happen. But if not, always well, enjoy. he owes us one, Darren. He stiffed us last time we were going out. So. He's, he's a big timer. He's a big timer. He's got that big Rolodex going, and sometimes we get lost in there. But maybe he'll yeah, I know. find a day for us one of these days. But always good to I'm, catch up I'm, with you. Go ahead. No, you too. no, I'm just saying you too, buddy. It's really nice talking to you. Don't be a stranger. Come out and see us. 
I'm going to be out there one of these days very, very soon to, to bug you, and you can look at my swing, and you can pinpoint the 42 things that are wrong after I shot 80. So look forward well, to that. that's great. And I get 10% of your earnings, so you owe me a buck 50, 50. right? You want 15 bucks? So you know what? You're, you're into me for a buck 50. I'll give you just $2. It'll be a tip. Oh, man, that's perfect. Looking that's, forward to that. That's the way we roll. John, we'll catch <laughs> up with you soon. All right, guys. Thanks, bud. That is John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. More coming up on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. And the final segment for the golf show for today and for 2020 on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and the WSBT radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with us as we kick off a very busy sports day on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT with our full day worth of coverage of the Notre Dame South Florida game, which includes the game itself, which will kick off officially at 2.39 today here on WSBT radio. Should be a good day for the Fighting Irish as they take on South Florida. They're only Non-conference game of the 2020 campaign. The golf scene will get started later today with third-round coverage of the United States Open Golf Championship. Patrick Reed, one major championship already in his young career, has played extremely well. He has made a lot of short putts, and making those 6- to 10-foot par putts so crucial at the U.S. Open because you are going to face a handful of those on every single round. With the length of the golf course, the rough is so penal on this particular golf course, and the greens are really firming up. On Thursday, the greens were very acceptable to shots from long range, which isn't something you're used to seeing at the U.S. Open. There was a lot of dew on the greens. The sun didn't come out, so the greens were more gettable. But as the week has gone on, they barely put any water on the greens and you're probably going to see a little more sunshine today. It's funny, on Thursday, the greens were just beautiful green, and then yesterday you started to see some of the brown creep in since no water, hardly all, is being put on the greens. I think they said it's 30 seconds worth of water just to keep them alive, and that's just about it. So Reed will enter today one shot ahead of Bryson DeChambeau, and that's going to be a fun final pairing with these two. Both have... A little fire to them. Dare I say, there's a little temper in both of them that will shine from time to time. DeChambeau and Reed will probably put on a very interesting show today as the final group at the U.S. Open. Rafael Cabrera Bello has played very solid so far, 68-70. He's at two under par, two back. Then you've got Harry English at two under. Justin Thomas tied for third with Bello and English. JT got off to such a great start on Thursday. He went out early, took advantage of the easier conditions, and posted that five under par, 65. Yesterday was more of a struggle. He had fallen all the way back from five under to even. Regained a couple of shots as his second round went on yesterday. Ended up with... A three over par, 73, sits in very good position at minus two. And you've got some interesting names farther down the line. Bubba Watson, who has never really done well in the U.S. Open. He is holding his own right now. Shot two over par, 72 in his opening round, and then shot a very nice 69, one under par yesterday. He moved up 45 places 
from 57th to a tie for 12th place. Louis Oosthuizen, who has won a Masters, he is at plus one. John Rahm, probably one of the better players in the world, still looking for that first major championship. Rahm was in an all-Arizona State group in the first two rounds with Phil Mickelson and Paul Casey. Rahm 69 in the opening round, a two over par 72 in round two, but still positioned very, very well. He starts today only five shots out of the lead. He is at plus one. And again, if he can hold his position, you have a feeling the field is going to come back to him over the next couple of days. Tony Finau, the long-hitting American, is currently in a tie for 17th place. One under in the opening round yesterday, a three over par 73, but just six shots out of the lead. Former U.S. Open champions Webb Simpson and Lucas Glover start today at plus two. And Lee Westwood still in search of that first major championship, a really, really good 67 on Thursday, a six over par 76 yesterday. So Westwood at plus three. And Roy McIlroy disappointing yesterday after a 67 in the opening round. On Friday, a six over par 76. Right now, seven shots out of the lead, but seven shots at the U.S. Open is nothing. Again, you expect the lead to come back. You can post a 68 today, get to plus one. I'm betting that probably Roy's not too far out of the lead going into Sunday's final round at Wingfoot. Well, the golf show this year has been brought to you by Michelob Ultra, urging you to stay active and enjoy Michelob Ultra, proudly distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. I want to say thanks to Jess Hollis, Matt Embry, and our staff for making the golf show happen from a technical standpoint throughout the year. And, of course, a special thank you to my great co-host, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, and John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And we will hopefully do it again Next year, the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay tuned. We have a replay of the Brian Kelly radio show coming up in just a couple of moments. Hope you have a great day. It's Notre Dame and South Florida kickoff at 2.39 this afternoon on WSBT Radio. I'll talk to you again at 11 o'clock with Game Day Sports Beat. Right now it's 8 o'clock at WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 